KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. The word family comes up a lot when you talk to fans of Tijuana's professional soccer team, the Cholos Quinkles. And when the team is doing well, the family's happy. And if the team's not doing so well, as they're not doing so well in front of us right now, trailing 4-0 at Estadio Hidalgo, but we're still here as a family. And that's what it's all about through thick or thin. This is Cholo Familia. And it don't matter whether you're a gringo, mexicano, tijuanense, San Diegan, it all comes together when it comes to this team. And that's what I love. That's what I love. And you get people like that over here in the corner having a good time. <laughs> that's Nate Abarea a freelance writer and broadcaster who lives in San Diego and works as a sports broadcaster covering Cholos games for an FM radio station in Tijuana and Mexicali. Nate's a huge fan of the team. And yes, he's a gringo. But he feels like the team and its fans are his family no matter what side of the border they live on. I hung out with Nate and other hardcore, self-described gringo Cholos at a watch party at a bar in Ocean Beach. Dozens of Club Tijuana fans who live in San Diego congregate here every away game to watch their team play. And lots of them cross the border to watch the Cholos play at the stadium in Tijuana every single home game too. These San Diego fans' hardcore dedication to the Tijuana team is more important than ever right now. Earlier this year, Tijuana was ranked by a report as the most dangerous city in the world in 2018 because of the city's high homicide rate, which continues to climb. And although the majority of the violence is concentrated in a few parts of the city and is usually drug-related, the numbers still freak people out. Mix that news with the fact that the border has become more militarized and politicized under President Donald Trump, who has been threatening to close the border with Mexico altogether, and, well, lots of would-be tourists to Tijuana are way too intimidated to cross the border right now. Tijuana relies heavily on tourism, so lots of businesses are taking a big hit. But the Gringo Cholos are helping keep at least some of the cross-border traffic going. And for Marty Albert, the founder of the Gringo Cholos website and social media pages, doing what they do is important. He says he thinks San Diego Cholo fans can serve as a good example for the rest of the world. Maybe give a few folks a different view of the border. What we're doing here is basically we're gathering um, people together from both sides of the border to show the world that, you know, we're all the same people. Doesn't matter that a Frontera can't stop us. You know, we can still get together and the Cholos are the reason why we get together right now. But that's a good... So yeah, Nate, Marty and the other San Diego fans are rooting hard for the Tijuana soccer team. But they're also rooting for the city of Tijuana itself. I'm Alan Liliental, and you're listening to Only Here, a KPBS podcast about the place where San Diego and Tijuana meet. Today, we talk to Gringo Cholos, the growing faction of fans in San Diego who are obsessed with the soccer team in Tijuana. Only here can you find a Tijuana soccer team with fans on both sides of the border. Stick around.
KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. Before we start, let's get something out of the way. The word gringo, which essentially means American or someone who isn't Latino, is offensive to some people. Merriam-Webster calls the word often disparaging, and it definitely has been used that way. In this case, though, the folks calling themselves gringo cholos have reclaimed the name, and they aren't offended by it at all. Quite the opposite. In fact, they're proud to call themselves foreigners who have fallen in love with Tijuana's soccer team. The Gringo Cholos formed in 2011 in Ocean Beach. But what began as a close-knit group of soccer fans who met up to watch the games has morphed into something more in recent years. For these soccer fans, the idea of adding more walls between Mexico and the United States isn't something they're into. In reaction to the voices calling for that wall and less cross-border fluidity, some members of the group, especially the founder Marty, started advocating for more cross-border connections, not less. On the Gringo Cholos website, they say the group's core value is, and I'm quoting here, we are all stronger together than separate. The beautiful cities and peoples of San Diego and Tijuana come together to make for a special corner of the world. Gringo Cholos like Marty do not hesitate to talk about how great Tijuana is and how much people are missing if they've turned their back on the city because of crime or politics or anything else. And yeah, they know their name should be Cholo Gringos, if they were using Spanish correctly. But they laugh it off and say they're gringos, so what do you expect? Anyway, in today's show, we're going to follow one of the gringo cholos across the border from San Diego to the stadium in Tijuana. It's a Friday afternoon, and David Cloudin, his dad Bruce, and only here producer Kinsey Moreland are at a trolley stop in San Isidro, just one stop away from the international border. Hey guys, right on time. This is my Hello. dad Bruce. I'm ready for my close-up, CB. The father-son duo are on their way to see the Cholos play at Estadio Caliente in Tijuana. Oh, here we are at the Bayer Boulevard uh, Transit Center, where we park so we can ride the trolley one stop and then walk across. The trolley pulls into the stop and nearly every car is almost completely packed. David and his dad squeeze in next to the other people in their Cholos gear. Lots of people are riding the trolley to Tijuana to see the game. You know, you you hear that several thousand people are coming across for the games. I would would assume hundreds of those people must be Cholo Pass holders, but that's just a complete wild guess, really. I don't know the exact number. But, you know, there there are a ton of people coming across the border for the games. It's sometimes a, a significant portion of the stadium. That's what the team says, so... The Cholos have long attracted fans from both sides of the border. In fact, the Cholos' official tagline is El Equipo Sin Fronteras, the team without borders. But even more fans from both sides started following the team in 2011, when the Cholos were promoted to Primera División de México, the top tier of Mexican soccer. Then the fan base really exploded when, in 2012, 
just one year after being promoted to the top league, the Cholos won the league championship. It's hard to overstate the significance of that win. It propelled the team into the international spotlight and filled Tijuanenses with a sense of pride for their city. It came at a good time. Drug-fueled violence over the past decade has locked the city in a perpetual battle over its reputation. Misinformed outsiders will seemingly never cease to view TJ as nothing more than a dark, dangerous city crawling with crime. And of course, the unexpected championship made San Diegans like David take notice. I became aware of the team in 2012 when they started showing up on the cover of the San Diego Union when they were like climbing toward winning the championship. Many of the teams in, in the league, the more famous teams, have been in the league for you know over 100 years. So for the Cholos just to show up and win a championship was, was really something. And you know the city went crazy, and so I was you know, kind of surprised and excited about it and immediately started coming to the games in 2013 and have been coming ever since. And for lots of San Diegans like Bruce, David's dad, the Cholo success made them reevaluate their take on Tijuana. Bruce had given up on crossing the border, but David eventually convinced him to go to Tijuana again to see a soccer game. It's interesting. I hadn't come down to, I wouldn't come down here for like 25 years. Why not? Uh, crime. Crime and the fact that uh, I didn't ever felt safe. I didn't feel like I had any rights. And then I came down with David after a game. And he said, oh, you have to come to Tijuana. And I said, I don't think so. And he said, no, give it one try. And the whole area has been such a transformation that everybody's just so nice. The restaurant, the culinary scene is amazing. It just exceeds all your expectations. And you can go get a very, very fine dinner and come out very full and you spend about $13. Well, we just got off the trolley. Here we are at the San Ysidro Transit Center, right at the border between the United States and Mexico. David and his dad follow the horde of Cholos fans and other folks crossing the border. Everyone is packed together walking along a narrow sidewalk surrounded by tall fences that leads to the port of entry building. Yeah, I mean, there's so much happening here. You know, if you look around, you can see lots and lots of people that have been shopping in the U.S., tons of people with groceries and grocery carts and giant bags of pampers and things that are a little cheaper on this side. Inside the port of entry, the crowd of people move through quickly. Typically, foreigners crossing the border have to stop to fill out a short form and show their passports. But today, it's so busy that the Tijuana border agents are just waving most people through. In just a few minutes, they're officially in another country. If, if they see you when you're wearing Sholos gear, they kind of look at you and go, you know, oh, you're going to the game, go ahead. They just wave you through. It's, it's very rare that, if I call it, yeah, like the Sholos the logo is like the visa. I don't know, sometimes I think people use the, um, oh, it's a hassle to cross as an excuse, when what they're really saying is, they need some excuse that's legitimate, or they don't want to say, I'm afraid. They cross through one last turnstile gate, and the smells, sights, and sounds of Tijuana are intense and immediate. I smell gorditas. Mm. Now we're going to cross the street in front of the taxi vans to go 
over, stand by the pharmacy where we can catch an Uber. The drive takes a little longer than expected, but they finally get to the stadium with a few minutes to spare for a quick bite before the game. Okay, it's going to be right up here on the right. Oh, aquí en la derecha. The crew thanks the driver, then walks the rest of the way to the stadium. We're walking through the big parking lot of the Caliente Casino. Just, you might as well be in Las Vegas. Except you know that you're in Cholo's territory because on the very far left side of the casino, up on the roof, is a giant dog with red lights on it wearing a soccer jersey. The word Cholo is short for Cholo Itzquintle, which is the name of a dog that was bred by the Aztecs. It's a Mexican dog who's hairless. And so that's the mascot of the Cholos, and it's the nickname. Time for a break. When we come back, we meet Marty Albert and some of the other Gringo Cholos who crossed to see the game. Stick around. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. David and his dad Bruce walk over to an outdoor bar next to the dog racing track behind the casino. They're just a few dozen feet away from the stadium now, but they stop when they see a few fellow fans from San Diego. These are some of the Gringo Cholos, a group of Cholos fans who live in San Diego. Coincidentally discovered that the center of Gringo Cholos fans in San Diego was in my neighborhood, a block from my house in Ocean Beach. By accident, I wander into my neighborhood bar one day and there's a sea of red jerseys. I'm like, holy, you know. It all centers around Raglan Pub, where we watch the away games. David introduces Dean Mitchell. He calls Dean one of the longest-running and most well-known Gringo Cholos fans. I'm 58 years old. Every soccer team I ever supported folded. So I, I finally had a team, and, you know, 11 years later, 12 years later, they're, they're thriving. I've never been able to say that about any pro soccer team I've ever followed. Well, I live in San Ysidro now, so I'm in the... In the Suburbs of Tijuana, I like to say. I, my fiance um, from San Ysidro, I moved in with her because she had her kid in her house. You know. Did you meet her, your mutual love of soccer? Not really. First time I met her, I asked her, have you been to a Cholos game? And she's looking at me like, I've heard of them. I'm like, oh, well, I go all the time. And that's kind of a prerequisite when I was dating was like, I like to come down here. And that was always a problem. Like, ooh, Mexico, I don't know. Did you hear that? Dean just said that his love for the Cholos actually played a big part in him finding the love of his life. His affinity for the team is that intense. Another Gringo Cholos fan, Marty Albert, walks up and puts his arm around Dean. This guy is the best guy. This is the original Gringo Cholo for, for the Cholos. I didn't even know they had a team until a co-worker told me that there was a professional team down here. 
And then I was like, really? And then I came down and I, from the first moment I was here, I knew that I was going to be a season ticket holder for the rest of my life. And that proceeded to take me into the Masagre. The Masagre is the super hardcore fan section inside the stadium, by the way. The place where the rowdiest, loudest fans go. They often stand the whole time. There's a band that plays and beer is thrown freely, soaking everyone around. Then I started sitting in there and then everything just, it just grew and it blossomed into an amazing, amazing garden. This is a garden to us. I mean, we're so blessed to be able to come down here and enjoy all this. And it's, as you can see through there, it's only getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And at the end of the day, there's going to be 33,333 people here for every game. And at some point, if you do the percentages, it's probably going to be about 30 to 37 percent will be Americans crossing over. Marty is a ball of energy. It's impossible to be near him and remain unenthused. He's translated a lot of his energy into promoting Tijuana soccer. He is the founder of the Gringo Cholos website, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook pages, where he touts the fun of cheering for Club Tijuana. Look, I've been around the world. I've never stuck myself in one city. I've traveled immensely. And this city has captured my heart like no other city in the world. If you ask fellow Gringo Cholos fans, they'll tell you that Marty's played a big role in spreading the love of Tijuana's soccer team to lots of other people living in San Diego. Here's David. His passion is completely infectious, and he's become famous down here for it, you know? But I think more than anything, what Marty does is he's like, kind of like the guy that um, is the liaison between all of the like non-Mexican fans of the Cholos and the Cholo fans, because Marty's a guy who will go down in the with the Masacre and jump up and down with the hardcore fans, you know, and they've completely accepted him because, you know, I mean, he's just such a believer in the team. He cares so much. And so After a drink with Marty and the other Gringo Cholos, David and his dad finally head to the stadium. The excitement is wild. Now, what's interesting is you'll see here that there's this huge tailgate scene. This is the only stadium in the Mexican League, the entire country, that has a tailgate scene. And that just shows you the cross-border influence. It's because so many of the people here learned about tailgating at Chargers games. David and his dad grab some tacos, then disappear into the season ticket holder section. I'm in the nosebleed, so we watch the game on our own and then meet up for a quick chat at halftime. The kind of excitement that's generated at a sporting event here is very different from something that happens in the United States. You have La Masacre, you know, the, the, the hardcore fan section behind the home team goal that are jumping up and down, chanting with drums and trumpets going through the entire game and they never stop. So it creates an, an infectious electricity throughout the whole stadium. And, you know, and you can get a, 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 a two 12-ounce beers for three and a half bucks. I mean, it's not, you don't have to break the bank to come here. You can get, you can walk up to the stadium and for 20 bucks you can get a decent ticket. When he's back in San Diego, David says he often finds himself touting the affordability and fun of going to a soccer game in Tijuana. Inevitably, politics will find their way into the conversation. 
And David then finds himself defending Tijuana's honor and arguing for more of an open border. It's sort of become one of the duties of being a gringo cholo. The, the, kind of, uh, the kind of atmosphere that has been created by the current political climate and how challenging that is for people to even think about the border. Like during the situation when, where you had the migrant community coming up here, you know, people were like, oh, can you even cross the border? Is it safe? What's going on? And I'm like, yeah, I'm crossing over and I'm going to the flea market and buying jackets and shoes and socks for the migrant kids and I'm going and meeting them and they're nice people and I'm giving the kids some jackets because it was really cold during that week. And, you know, that's the attitude you can have. You're like, you're lucky to live on the border. You're lucky you can participate in that. You can make it better. Sports is part of it. Music is part of it. Art is part of it. More than anything, it's the people. Here's an opportunity for people to meet each other across this ridiculous artificial line that someday, someday, God willing, we won't be there. I'm not saying that we should just knock it down now. I know that freaks people out. But what I am saying is that, that borders are created by people. They're not natural. The game is good. The Cholos win. The family is happy. A week later, I head to Raglan in Ocean Beach to talk to more gringo cholos who meet at the bar every away game to cheer on their team. Red cholos jerseys are everywhere inside. The vibe is friendly and fun. It feels like a club that anyone can join. Solo cholo gringos. ¿Tú eres cholo gringo? No, no, ellos, no, yo no soy más mexicano. Ah, okay, no. Marty, the gringo cholo's ringleader, explains why the group is about more than just cheering for a soccer team in Tijuana and hanging out with fellow fans in San Diego. He sees the group's very existence as an important political statement. What we're doing here is basically we're gathering um, people together from both sides of the border to show the world that, you know, we're all the same people. Doesn't matter that a frontera can't stop us. You know, as soon as you step into the parking lot, you feel the family. And you'll see it if you're a gringo and you happen to go to the game and you look a little lost or whatnot, somebody will go, hey, gringo, what's up? What are you doing? And they will tell you to come to their tailgate. Come over here. They are so inclusive to bring you into what they're doing because they want you to understand who they are. They are great people. They're, they're the, sometimes I feel more comfortable in Tijuana than I do in my own jeans here in San Diego. Sin fronteras. Marty leans to the more intense, idealistic side of the gringo cholos. While others are here in Ocean Beach just to watch a good soccer game, Marty can't help but think and talk about how soccer is a tool that can be used to build connections between cultures. Because it's a world game and the entire universe plays this game. So I can go anywhere in any country, in any city, and start talking football and they're gonna be able to respond back to me with the same conversation. Marty says he's sure that most soccer fans in San Diego who haven't yet been to a game in Tijuana would likely follow the same path to fandom he did. He says for him, it was love at first sight. Partly because of the excitement of the game itself, but 
also because of the tacos. The food. I'm a foodie. And the food in Tijuana is off the charts. And the reason why it's off the charts is, is the same reason that, that every place that you go to that is on a border or a frontera is like everybody brings their culture from where they're from and then it gets infused what's already there and it just turns it into something that's a, it, it's 10 times better than what it was. And one of the things they have in Tijuana is called Arabata and it's hands down the best seasoned pork taco in the world that I've ever had in my life. And I will, I will kick and fight and scream every two weeks to make sure that I'm crossing the border for a Cholos game, that I'm getting that taco in my belly. Marty's story is a lot like the story of the other gringo Cholos. San Diego journalist Brooke Binkowski says she saw one game and that was it. She was officially a fan. I love Tijuana very much. Um, I'd heard about this team, and they weren't Premier League yet, so I was like, oh yeah, well, you know, I'll go check them out. And, uh, you know, the tickets were about $5, so I would go. And um, I, the first time I went, I fell in love, because it was just, you know, La Masacre was out there, they were flinging beer, and I was like, this is awesome. Nate Abarea, the freelance writer and broadcaster who you heard at the top of the show talking about how Cholos fans are like family, says he moved to San Diego in early 2016 so he could have easy access to the Cholos. He says the team's rise in the Mexican League came at the exact right time. For lots of fans, the Cholos filled the huge vacuum in San Diego sports left by the Chargers, the NFL team that moved to Los Angeles in 2017. But of course, there are some big barriers to being a fan of the Cholos if you live north of the border. Nate says the political climate and all the talk of a stronger, bigger border wall and stricter immigration laws likely keeps a lot of San Diego soccer fans from joining the Cholos ranks. There's just a lot of fear and trepidation when it comes to crossing the border for the first time. And with Tijuana's murder rate making headlines all the time, Lots of people are just unwilling to give it a go. Nate, though, is barely phased by any of it. I'm jaded at this point. I'm just walking across the border. Oh, they got, oh, they put barbed wire in. They got tanks down here now. Guess what? I'm going to work and I'm gonna come home later. And that ain't gonna change no matter how many tanks or barbed wire fences or walls you wanna build. And it kind of breaks my heart in a way that that's progressive to people. I'm like, I'm just living my life. I'm going down to broadcast a soccer game. I'm going down to work at the radio station. I'm going down to write an article to cover the border. There's people who are just going down to have a good time. And what they're doing is sadly important because in this day and age with the climate that we're in and just the projection of stereotypes, of hatred, of just utter nonsense and, and formulated bigotry that is on all these national networks and all this just hyperbole spewed everywhere, us just doing what we do, that shouldn't be that big of a deal. But it is right now. What I do for work on a twice a week basis, every match day, going down to record promos and be a part of more FM and be involved with a trans fronteriza border radio station. I mean, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. But it is, and so let's show the world that this is our border. This is what we do. This is Tijuana and San Diego. This is our community from 
Ensenada to the tip of North County, man. Baja California, San Diego County. We are one, and this is what it's all about. So anybody out there hearing this, let's keep going. Let's do more, baby. Let's keep doing this thing. Next time on the podcast, we hop on a bus to join a guided tour of Tijuana. We've arrived. Our first point of destination, the Cultural Center of Tijuana. Uh, there are many exhibits going on right now. Um, and it's exciting to be here. Only here can you find a San Diego museum that's become a de facto diplomat for Tijuana helping tourists get over their fears of visiting a city with a skyrocketing murder rate by getting them to experience the reality on the ground. Only Here is a KPBS podcast hosted by me, Alan Lilienthal. It was written and produced by Kinsey Moreland. Emily Jankowski is the technical producer. Lisa Morissette is operations manager, and John Decker is the director of programming. KPBS podcasts are made possible by listeners like you. Go to kpbs.org to make a donation or become a member today. Thank you.